0: Cynthia
1: Hyatt. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm glad you're joining me today. I hope you heard the show yesterday and on Monday. If you didn't, make sure you go to the website. You can listen to these shows in their entirety on podcasts uh, because these are, this is a lot of education and it's not going to always be quite this much education, but we're kind of building what the show is about. And so there's some foundational concepts that are important when really applying these different things that we're going to be talking about in the future as to have really having a high-functioning life and, and, a, and a life that you can be proud of and a life that is truly walking out the calling God has on your life. And, and I know many people oftentimes feel like, you know, I, there's not a calling on my life. And what I really want you to understand is that a calling on a person's life is not what they do. It's who they are. And I'm sorry that the church doesn't teach it this way. Because you see, Paul had a calling on his life. He was an educator. But it was the way Paul did it. It was the way he heard from God. James, John, Peter. Moses, Abraham, David, Mary, the call on Mary's life was not necessarily that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. It was that the way she would do this made sure that piece of history occurred. The calling was who she is and God knew who she was. And he said, I can use her to do this, to make this piece happen in the world. So it's really imperative that you understand that the enemy wants to come in and lie to you and steal from you your identity, steal from you who you are and why you are so important to God. Because we want to measure it in terms of the world, world's eyes. And is what I do measurable? Do people see it? Is it quantifiable? Not everybody has that version of their calling but everyone has a calling the reason i know you have a calling is that you were created and you exist and only you can do that version of god for people the version that god that people experience when i talk about god when when i educate on god when i encourage them to have a relationship with god i do it through my own individual, unique makeup. God is still the same. God is still the same God, but different people experience God in different ways. So you may experience God through me in a way that makes sense to you, where it may not be that with another person. So you need to understand that part of being this high functioning, healthy, solid, stable adult is so that you can do why God created you whatever that may be. And we're going to get to heaven. We're going to find out the amazing things that people did that were completely underneath the radar that made everything work for the people that were probably on the radar. And there's going to be great rejoicing for the fact that they were willing to do it anonymously and that they they weren't always seen for what they did or recognized for what they did. But what they did by showing up as a grown-up in this world has greater impact than anything else you could ever do because that stabilizes the world around you. We need adults. Our world is very unstable right now. So we, we talked yesterday about this idea of the dependencies. We have dependency, independency, interdependency and counterdependency. Mm-hmm. And counterdependency is that that ugly, That ugly one that says I'm dependent on things as an adult to make my life somehow work, but it actually creates a sinkhole. So it could be addictions, it could be performance-oriented behavior that I'm only as good as what I do and whether people recognize it or not. It could be I'm counter-dependent on people's opinions of me. I'm, I'm, I'm dependent on how much knowledge I have. That bolsters me up. I'm dependent on how beautiful I look, or how attractive the world sees me. I'm, I'm I'm dependent on how much money I have. That gives me my security. And so, I really want you to go back and listen to that show again because it's quite quite um, an intellectual concept. That is, I tried to make it as simple as possible, but it is it is kind of kind of heavy. So when we look at dependency, interdependency, and and really being an independent, interdependent person, it means that as an adult, I'm managing five arenas of my life. And these five arenas are are paramount to being a high-functioning, healthy adult. So when God wants me to take care of me, because remember, I belong to God. I'm his child. God says to me, Cynthia, you're the primary caregiver of you. I'm depending on you to take care of you until you come home to me. I'm depending on you in the physical realm you live in to take care of you. Not somebody else. Now, it's nice when my husband takes care of things for me. It's a wonderful feeling when friends are caring toward me. But I have to take care of me. The only adults we take care of are the adults that are wounded Wounded and cannot care for themselves. Infirmed adults, adults that are uh, adults that have been permanently wounded and will not recover. People that, that have, have, have uh, issues with their mind, that they are not able to make good decisions. And these are not the general population of dysfunctional people that we're working with that we're not always in our right mind. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the infirmed, I'm talking about Alzheimer's, dementia. Um, people that are in comas people, these people that if we don't care for them will perish all the other adults are responsible for themselves and it can feel kind of lonely but when I'm an adult it's not that lonely if I'm a little kid and I think I have to take care of myself it's very lonely and it's very sad and so when adults are taking care of children even pets right people, dependents they do five arenas, five areas. They take care of them physically. They're to take care of their psychological, emotional well-being. They're to take care of them intellectually, which means they get them the proper education and as educated as that person desires to be. They take care of them spiritually, their spiritual development, their, so, their, their spiritual formation. And they take care of them socially. What places am I, am I going to drop my child off? What friends am I going to allow to come over? Who am I going to expose my child to in a social arena? So that's what adults do. They take care of those five arenas. We need to translate to that to the adult life. So if my parents took care of those five arenas to one degree or another, no parent does it perfectly. As an adult, I need to take that on. So if I'm gonna be the best version of me, I need to take care of myself physically. And how many Americans do we have that do not take care of themselves physically? We just want someone to take care of us. We go to the doctor, we go to the chiropractor, we go to the nutritionist, we, we go to our, our, our life coach, we go to you know the person that is, that's the yoga instructor. And I'm thankful for all these people that give us the, uh, the opportunity and the education But we need to actually do what they're recommending because we're with ourselves 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We cannot get away from ourselves. And I'll tell you the truth. There have been many times in my life that I wanted to unzip myself and get out. I didn't want to take care of me. I didn't want that task. But God, that's an edict from God. He says, I care for you. Therefore, you care for you. Please care for the one I care for. Love the one I love. Think about how you feel if people don't love your children. If people haven't taken good care of your kids and you trusted them. Think about pets. You went away on vacation and you, your neighbor promised to take care of your pet and they didn't. Think how you feel. That's how God feels when he's, he is depending on you to take care of you and you don't. He loves you. You are of great value to him. He died for you. He loves you so much. Please take care of you. So take care of yourself physically, emotionally, psychologically. Grow up. We grow up. We learn the ways we think. Is the way I'm thinking helping myself psychologically, emotionally? What's my mind? What's my mind? What's my thought life like? How I, how am I kind to myself? Do I beat myself up? Do I say terrible things to myself? Am I overly sensitive? Am I not a grown-up so I get offended easily? I complicate arguments. I complicate relationships because I don't know how to get my needs met because I'm not meeting my own needs. So emotionally, psychologically, take care of you. Intellectually, are you educating yourself? Are you keeping yourself up on, on things that are pertinent to your life? So if you find out that you have low blood sugar, hypoglycemia, are you, are you understanding what that means? So that you can make the right food choices, so that it doesn't become an issue of an insulin issue. If you have diabetes, are you researching that? If you have the flu, do you understand what's happening to your body and the need to maybe stay home for 24 hours to not infect everybody else and to make sure that you get the rest you need so that you can heal? Are you honoring your body in that way? You get one body and that's it. And I'm telling you, this, this is the only life this body gets. I had, I had great compassion on my body when I realized this is as good as it gets for my body. See, when I die and go to heaven, I get a new body. This body, this is the only one it gets. And I'm telling you the truth, your body is hardwired to fight to live for you. Your body is designed by God, has a mind of its own, to survive as long as God has decided for you to be on the planet. This is why when we have people that attempt suicide their body still fights to live and they might survive that suicide and they're mad they're angry their body survived that's because your body is fighting for you. You need to fight for your body. You need to care for your body Then we have spiritual. What are you doing for your spiritual life? Are you contaminating your heart with corruptive things that you know are not good influences on you? Are you talking to your creator? Are you afraid to talk to God because of behaviors you have in your life as if he doesn't know that they're already there, as if he doesn't see them, right? It's the little kid that covers their eyes and thinks their parent can't find them, right? The cat that hides his face in your arm and thinks that nobody sees him, okay? This is, this is part of being a grown-up, that I say to God, you know, you know my struggles, you know what I'm struggling with, you know my heart, you know the thing I don't want to do, I'm doing, and i keep being doing it, and I keep wanting to do it. And I don't think I even want to stop, God, but I have to be honest with you and tell you the truth. Because you're on my side. Even when I act contrary to your side, you are still on my side. And you want to help me. And you, God, will never make me do anything and you will still love me. So what are you doing spiritually? Are you reading your Bible? Are you finding things that feed your spirit, that cause you to be motivated, that cause you to be confident about your relationship with God, that give you ways to talk about your faith that aren't weird and and overwhelming and overbearing and legalistic and, and condemning to the world? Are you spiritually sensitive enough to know when to say something and know when not to say something? That's part of being a grown up. A grown up has timeliness as a hallmark to a grown up. They know when to say something, when to do something, when not to do something. They know when to be quiet. They know when to speak up. They know when to stop. So, spiritually, what are you doing with your relationship with God? How are you supporting yourself spiritually? Because that is the one area that has so much good bleed over into the other areas. And so the last one is social. For some, of us, for some of us, that's the easiest one. For some of us, that is the hardest one and the biggest heartache we have. Some of us, the biggest heartache we have is physically. We don't like ourselves physically. Some of us, the heartache is intellectual. We feel stupid. We feel dumb. Or we feel, because we're so intelligent, we can't relate to people. And so we just bury ourselves in information. Where's the heartache? What's the hardest areas for you? Is it the spiritual? Is it intellectual? Is it emotional, psychological, emotional? Is it social? Because we are social beings. You need to have a social life. You need to have a social life. You need to not live through characters in the movies and television and live on Facebook. <laughs> and I say that because I really understand. I get it, it it's so ridiculous. I can get attached to characters in TV shows. I can. And some of that's just being a therapist. I can I can identify so well with different people in different ways. And so socially. And if you're an introvert, what are you doing to make sure that you're having a social life? Not so that you're trying to be an extrovert, but so that you actually are growing in that area. You have something to offer. So if you're an introverted person, make sure that you schedule lunches and dinners with one person or two, two people, because introverts do better one-on-one. If you're an extrovert, make sure that you are interacting with the world, but that you are not resisting your internal world. And that you're not distracting yourself by always externalizing. So what do you need to do socially? Do you need to find people that have a similar value system? Do you need to find people that have similar interests? Do you need to put yourself out there and figure out how to like people that are dissimilar to you? So that you can just love God's world. There are some people that we are like, and those are easy. There are some people we're not. Those take a little more effort. But one of the things that helps when you're interacting with people that aren't like you, just be curious. Be curious. Say, wow, God, you made that person. How come you decided to make them that way? What, what is it about them? They're, they're interesting. Instead of judging, saying, oh, gosh, this person gets on my nerves. I can't stand this person. They're ridiculous or they talk too much or they never talk or whatever it is. Just say, I need to be curious about God's creation. God likes what he made. And so whatever person is not like you, he likes just like he likes you. So we want to be very aware of those arenas, the physical arena, emotional, psychological, intellectual, spiritual, and social. Because when I'm doing those five arenas, guess what? I'm acting as an adult and an independent person. If I choose to be interdependent, it's a bonus but it helps me to not be counter-dependent if I'm taking care of those arenas. So if we are willing to be an adult version of ourselves, then we are honoring God's design. God was so proud of his son. His son did not let him down. His son did what he was created, he was, did what he was created to do. He became a mortal human. It's not like the first time Jesus appeared was as a mortal. He's always been, he always will be. But he became human and he made God very proud in his design and walking out his design. So when we look at this idea of dependency all the way to interdependency and managing those five arenas, what usually happens in these particular areas when I am working with clients, on these particular areas it usually means that it's 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 a calling for reparenting did I need to reparent me that there are some parenting issues that I experienced that are not helping me in my adult life so I'm either resisting growing up or I am treating myself the way my parents did and maybe it wasn't helpful So all of us need a need for some reparenting because all of us had mistake-making parents, just as our parents had mistake-making parents. And it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. When you think about the fact that Adam and Eve were the first parents on the planet, I mean, how long does dysfunction take to occur? Well, apparently not long. Their first kid was a murderer. Not only a murderer, a premeditated murderer. I mean, this is about as serious as you get. That's amazing. Their first one of their first kids, so we recognize that even Adam and Eve, once they fell, they had to figure out how to parent, and maybe they didn't do the perfect job. So no parent has been perfect other than God. So we have to parent ourselves. So if I if there's areas that my mom didn't do that I needed, I can do that for myself. I'm with myself all the time. I'm an adult. I can parent that little inner child part of me i can parent that person i can do and say and act in ways that gives me the things i needed that i didn't get when i was growing up if i needed more affirmation i can do that if i needed more time i can make that happen if i whatever it is if i needed more education i can make that happen if i needed to let myself socialize more i can make that happen because i'm an adult Who's gonna tell an adult what to do, right? So think about this idea of reparenting. What kind of parent do you want to be to you? What kind of parent did you need? And you can fill in those gaps because you're with yourself all the time. You're responsible for you, just like you would be responsible for a child. So this idea of claiming myself, I need you to claim yourself as yours. You belong to you take yourself on. Reclaim yourself. Say, I am going to take responsibility for me. I'm going to claim me. I'm going to parent me. I'm going to manage me. I'm going to help me be who I want to be, who I need to be, who God has called me to be. This is like attaching to yourself. How, how many of you have experienced this idea that you just don't feel connected to yourself because you don't like yourself. You don't want to have anything to do with yourself. I I have some clients that it's that, that disconnect, that inability or refusal to attach is so strong. And much of that comes from some abuse so strong. They don't even want to touch their body. They don't want to do self care at all. They don't want to take a shower. They don't want to wash their hair. They don't want to even deal with themselves. And so many of us have this to varying degrees as to how detached we are from ourselves, how much we just maybe watch ourselves do something and go, ooh, that wasn't good. But we're not actually connected to what we did. So this idea of claiming myself, attaching to myself, is this idea of really connecting with me and not giving myself that permission to walk alongside myself. Have you ever heard that, that saying, you know, I'm beside myself? That's where that comes from. I'm beside myself. It's like, I can't believe I just did it or it just happened to me. And so I'm beside myself looking at me, looking at what happened to me, looking at what I incurred, looking at what I did. We need to connect. See, when you think about the Trinity, think of how highly connected all of them are. So they operate as one. Well, I have me, myself, and I, and I'm not giving a show on the trinity that's not what we're talking about we're talking about this psychological spiritual capacity to disconnect from ourself even though we're in our own body we're no place else we're in the body but we have this feeling of disconnect it's not a healthy way to be we don't make good decisions when we're disconnected from ourselves it's kind of like the person that's in a car and they sit on the on the passenger seat and let the car drive itself It doesn't work well so you were created as you God chose it. He likes it. He wants it. He loves it. He sees you as beautifully and wonderfully made. He wants you to claim you as much as he's claimed you. He wants you to be as connected to you as he is connected to you. That is your job. Your life will be better, and people will experience you very differently. So you're going to take yourself on. You belong to you, and you are worthy of being claimed. I want you to have that feeling of belonging. So we are ending for today. Again, I'm so glad that you joined me. And and these are really big concepts. But these are really big things for big people. And this is how we become the person God's called us to be. So make sure you check out the website always, CynthiaHyatt.com. Like all the social media. Certainly email me. And, and let me know your thoughts and needs. And I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Have a great day.
0: To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.